Welcome to Goop Tales, episode 22. Lazy Leva Goes to the End of the World. I'm Maria Kalanchini, and I'm the author of Goop Tales. And in today's episode, we are going to follow along as Lazy Leva, a little goop girl, named because she's a bit lazy and just seems to um, stop everything instead of finishing things. She just drops them. So she learns a lesson on how she must finish things when she goes to the end of the world. Where's the end of the world? Well, there really is such a place and you are going to find out in today's Goop Tale. So keep listening. And at the end of the story, I will tell you how you can see photos of the end of the world and how you could submit your own story ending for this Goop Tale. So stay tuned and I will see you on the other side. Though Lazy Leva's frocks were neat, her manners good, her words discreet. Although she did not talk too much and did not meddle, taste, or touch, yet scarce a child could ever be found who left so many things around. Chapter 1 Once upon a time, there was a very fashionable and well-liked little goop girl named Lazy Leva. Lazy Leva had an enormous closet that was filled with outfits for every occasion. If she were called upon to go to a horse race, she would pop on her jod first, and off to the races she would go. If she was invited for a boat ride on the lake, Lazy Leva would pull out her navy and white sailor dress, along with a hat to match. The other goops were always impressed by how put together she was, and they enjoyed spending time with Lazy Leva because she was easy to be around and she was a great confidant. Whenever any of the goops had a secret, they would tell it to Lazy Leva because they knew that she would keep it forever. There was one thing that made the other goops think twice about spending time with Lazy Leva. She could be quite lazy. Lazy Leva was good friends with Ink Finga, and they would often spend an afternoon together. Once they decided to make a gingerbread house and they spent the entire afternoon preparing. They made gingerbread men, gingerbread hearts, gingerbread stars, gingerbread walls, gingerbread windows, and gingerbread reindeer. They gathered candy canes and jingle bells and made bowls of red and white frosting. Everything was ready for assembly. Ink Finger was so excited. He loved to build things, and he couldn't wait to put the entire gingerbread house together. Then, without warning, Lazy Leva just got up and announced, I'm tired. I'm done for now. And she walked right out of the kitchen, straight out to the couch, and plopped herself down in front of the fireplace. She even left all the pots and pans and mixing bowls lying about. This was the kind of behavior that made Ink Finger clench up his fists and grow a little red. Even though he knew she could be lazy, Ink Finger was always up for a good time with Lazy Leva. One fine day, 
Inkfinga invited Lazy Leva over to help him with his new model airplane kit. Lazy Leva dressed herself in a polka dot frock and stuck two feathers in her hat. Then she grabbed her lucky red ball and set off to help Inkfinga with his airplane. There were hundreds of pieces in the model kit, so they laid them all out over the bedroom floor and separated them one by one into little piles for each section of the plane. Everything was very well organized, and it was time to begin assembly when Lazy Leva stood up and started to wander away. Where are you going? asked Ingfinga. Mm, nowhere really, she answered. But aren't you going to help me put the plane together? He asked. Not now. I'm kind of tired, and I'm just done for now, answered Lazy Leva. Lazy Leva, you always do this. You're so lazy. Can't you just help me finish this time? Inkfinga pleaded. I'm not lazy. I'm just done for now, she quipped back. You never finish anything. You will never finish anything. Even if it was the end of the world, you still wouldn't finish, stammered Inkfinga as he felt his body growing tense. Yes, I would, especially if it was the end of the world, replied Lazy Leva. I don't believe you. You would have to go to the end of the world to prove it to me, said Inkfinga. Well, you don't even know where that is, so I guess I can't go said Lazy Leva. Inkfinga stopped and thought for a minute. She did have a point. He didn't know where the end of the world was, but he wasn't going to let her get off this easy. He pulled an atlas from his bookshelf and looked up, end of the world. And there it was, in black and white letters, Usaya. Usaya is the end of the world said Inkfinga triumphantly. Usaya, 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 sang out Lazy Leva as she tossed her little red ball in the air. Usaya, Usaya, Usaya is not the end of the world, Inkfinga, she said as her little red ball came crashing down onto the neat piles of tiny plain pieces and scattered them everywhere. Inkfinga could feel tears of frustration well in his eyes. He stood over the mess on his floor, and one tiny tear fell from his eye straight onto the plane propeller. Then he watched as the plane began to put itself together, piece after piece. First the engine, then the body, and then the wings all snapped together. Then the propellers began to turn, and the plane flew right out his bedroom window, pulling Lazy Leva right along with it. The last thing Inkfinga heard as he watched them fly away was the plane, who sang out, I will show you the end of the world, Lazy Leva. Chapter 2 Lazy Leva held her hat to her head and grasped at her ball as she felt herself flying higher and higher. She managed to wiggle her way into the cockpit of the plane, but she had no control over anything else. 
The plane whizzed along in a southern direction, crossing over mountains, oceans, and continents. Lazy Leva gazed down at the world below. It was swirling so quickly in a mix-up of day and night, ocean and earth and sky, that it was impossible to tell if there even was an end of the world. But still, the little plane kept on moving south. Lazy Leva closed her eyes for what seemed like just a moment when she heard the plane's engine start to slow down. She looked over the side again and recognized the shape beneath her. It was South America, and they were headed straight for the tip. The tiny plane flew very close to a mountain range as the sky flooded with orange light. The sky was no longer blue, and Lazy Leva was no longer in familiar territory. She felt herself being ousted by the plane and landing on a soft pile of snow. The small plane propellered off and vanished into the orange sky. Lazy Leva looked around for a friendly or familiar face, and there were none. She was met with a silence so deep she could hear it, so she stopped to listen. When she was completely silent within, she heard the words, You are capable of so much more. Lazy Leva looked around. No one had actually spoken these words out loud, but she heard them. How was that possible? She pondered the message as she made her way down the mountain. Lazy Leva was not dressed for the mountain snow, and she was looking forward to reaching drier ground. She was wishing she could get down the mountain faster when she looked up to see an elegant, long-necked creature that resembled a llama coming towards her. I'm Morton. I saw you coming down the mountain, and I came to help you. There are hunters around here. They are always hunting me and my family. I wouldn't want them to hunt you. Just as he finished speaking, a gunshot rang out. Lazy Leva clutched her hat and ball and leapt onto Morton's back. Hide the red ball, please. It's just a dead giveaway. They could spot us for miles, requested Morton. Just then, another gunshot rang out. Oops, sorry, said Lazy Leva as she squished the ball underneath her flat hat. They ran down the mountain until they reached a green wooded area on drier ground. Lazy Leva was out of breath. She hadn't said a word, but her heart was pounding out of her chest. For the first time in her life, she was being hunted, and she didn't like it. Are we safe here? asked Lazy Leva. For now, but those hunters will come back. They always do. And now that they've seen you, they have even more reason, replied Morton. Morton, what kind of animal are you? I'm a guanaco, and I live here in Tierra del Fuego, Argentina, with my family, he answered. So I'm in Argentina? Lazy Leva said out loud. I saw it from the sky, and it looks just like I always knew it would. Yes, you're in Argentina, in the southernmost part, Tierra del Fuego, land of Usaya, the end 
of the world, answered Morton. Oh, yeah, that's right, Usiah. That's why I'm here. Is it the end of the world? asked Lazy Leva. Yes, it's the southernmost city in the world, answered back Morton. Okay, then, if I'm in the land of Usiah, that's good enough. I can go back home now, said Lazy Leva. Then Lazy Leva told Morton all about the adventure in Inkfinga's room and how the tiny airplane had brought her here to find the end of the world. Morton was stunned. Lazy Leva had barely just landed, and now she wanted to go back home? I thought you said you wanted to prove to your friend Inkfinga that you would go to the end of the world. And now you're giving up already? asked Morton. Lazy Leva touched a feather in her cap as she remembered the words she heard on the mountain. You are capable of so much more. Then she looked up at Morton, who had risked his life for her, and said, I want to finish my journey to Isaiah, no matter how scary or challenging it is. Morton looked her straight in the eye and fell to the ground as a loud shot rang out. Chapter 3 Lazy Leva looked down at Morton. He was so still and his eyes were closed. Lazy Leva could hear the hunters getting closer. She leaned down and whispered in Morton's ear. It's okay. I'm here and I won't leave you. Morton looked up at her and smiled. Then he whispered, I'm okay. That bullet flew right by me, but I have to stay down. The hunters are looking for us now. Lazy Leva let out a tiny smile when she heard Morton speak, but her heart began to beat faster as she listened to the hunter's footsteps getting closer. She began to panic as she had no idea what to do, and she knew she wasn't a match for the hunters. This journey was already scarier than she had bargained for, but she knew she couldn't give up. What can I do? She whispered to Morton. You need to go down to my family, further down the valley. They will know what to do. It's a long way, and you will have to crawl all the way there. If you stand up, the hunters will see you. I can't stand up. They'll see me right away with my long neck. Lazy Leva knew that this would take time away from her journey towards Usaya, but this is what she was meant to do. She sprawled out flat on the ground and began the crawl down the valley. After several hours, she ran into another guanaco, who almost stepped on her. Do you know Morton? She looked up and asked. Why, yes. I'm his father. Where is he? Asked the stunned guanaco. He's up in the mountain, hiding from the hunters. I came to get you for some help. Morton's father was so stunned and pleased simultaneously. He couldn't believe this tiny little creature, with two feathers in her cap, had come so far and risked her life for his son. Lazy Leva told him everything. After listening to her, 
Morton's father, whose name was Henry, said, Don't worry, I have a plan. Henry summoned his nephew Jasper. Jasper was the fastest Guanaco in all the land. He could run over 40 miles per hour. Henry told Lazy Leva they had to find a way to call attention to Jasper so that the hunters would chase him and Morton could escape. Lazy Leva offered up her little red ball as a decoy. So Henry, Jasper, and Lazy Leva fastened a large slingshot and shot the red ball off in the direction of the hunters. It went flying through the air, and no one could miss it. It flew far, far over Morton and in the opposite direction. Jasper was waiting far away, and as soon as the ball landed nearby, he kicked up a dust storm and began to run. The hunters looked up to see the speeding red ball and the dust storm and the flying motion of Jasper making his way across the mountains. They turned and ran after Jasper. Morton quickly made his way down the rest of the mountain and met with Lazy Leva and Henry. Morton looked at Lazy Leva and reached his long neck down to give her a little nuzzle. She smiled and hugged him in return. Jasper will be just fine. They will never catch him, said Henry. Morton told his father how Lazy Leva still had to go to the end of the world. They needed to get her to the lighthouse in Usiah in order for her to get back home and for her to successfully complete her journey to the end of the world. Then let's get her there, replied Henry. There is just one small problem. The sea lions will be guarding the lighthouse, and they won't want any visitors. Chapter 4 Lazy Leva's heart crumpled just a little bit when she heard these words. She had just crawled down a mountain on her hands and knees to help Morton, and she felt like she deserved a tiny break. She grew fatigued at the thought of having to outrun or outwit sea lions to make it to the end of the world. Somewhere deep inside, she wanted to cry. All these thoughts were swimming through her head so quickly she had to close her eyes. And when she did, everything got quiet for just a moment. In that silence, she heard her inner voice again. And it said, You are capable of so much more. This was all Lazy Leva needed to hear. Sometimes a moment of silence made all the difference in the world. She opened her eyes, looked Morton straight in the eyes, and said, Show me what to do. I'm ready to go to the end of the world. Morton smiled and said, Follow me. Then he whispered to Henry, I knew she could do it. Lazy Leva followed Morton to the train station. There was a shiny green train with steam coming from it, just ready to take off from the station. This is it, Lazy Leva. This is the train that will take you to the end of the world, Usiah. It is here that I must leave you. Just remember, you can do this. 
Lazy Leva grinned and pulled one of the feathers from her hat and stuck it behind Morton's ear. Thank you. I can do this. And I won't stop until I'm there, she said. Then she hopped on the train just as it pulled out of the station. Lazy Leva rode the train for miles and miles as it chugged on towards Usaya. She looked out at the mountain scenery and then took a little nap to rest up for the final leg of her journey. She was woken by the train whistle as it pulled into the station. Here we go, just one step at a time, she thought to herself. Lazy Leva stepped off the platform and looked around. It was completely empty. The only thing she saw was a sign that pointed toward Usaya. As she began to walk one foot in front of the other, she got closer to her destination and she saw the tip of a red and white lighthouse emerge from the sky. This can't be that difficult. I see the lighthouse already, Lazy Leva said to herself. Then she heard a high-pitched cooing sound, unlike anything she had ever heard before. She heard it again and looked up to see a Gen 2 penguin. He seemed like he was trying to tell her something. So Lazy Leva stopped to listen. You're going to the lighthouse at the end of the world, aren't you? Why, yes, I am. How did you know? Answered back Lazy Leva. Everyone knows you're here. We heard the hunter shoot at you. And we heard about how you helped Morton, he said. Lazy Leva blushed. This was the first time in her life that she was responsible for saving someone's life. You're very brave, and you haven't given up. I want to help you make it to the lighthouse. But there are just a few who don't want you there. Then the penguin, whose name was Oliver, told Lazy Leva all about the sea lions who lived out at the lighthouse. They were the guards at the end of the world. They didn't like it when anyone left the end of the world through the lighthouse because they feared that word would get out and that everyone would want to visit the end of the world. They liked the peaceful vibe they had right now, and they liked sleeping all day without being disturbed. They weren't going to be easy to get past. An idea came to Lazy Leva as she listened to Oliver speak. She whispered it in his ear, and he whispered back, That may work. Then she headed off towards the lighthouse. She started singing a little song as she got closer to the lighthouse. My name is Lazy Leva. I love to sleep all day. My name is Lazy Leva. I would not be lazy if my mother had her way. My name is Lazy Leva, and I just love to play. My name is Lazy Leva. And I can keep a secret. That is what they say. She walked along singing the song over and over as she got closer to the lighthouse. The seals, who were laying out on the lighthouse rock, heard Lazy Leva coming their way. Their ears perked up as they listened to her sing. One turned to the other and said, She sounds like one of us. 
She's lazy, and she likes to play. Maybe we should let her come out to the rock. And so they did. Lazy Leva played with the seals for quite some time, splashing around in the water at the end of the world. When the sun started to go down, she told them it was time for her to go home. She assured them that she would keep the secret of the end of the world between herself and Inkfinga. After all, she did need to tell Inkfinga about Usiah at the end of the world. He was the one who dared her to go and visit there. The seals agreed to let Lazy Leva go home only if she promised to visit them again. Of course she said yes, and then they told her to go to the top of the lighthouse and hold her arms open to the southern winds at the end of the world, and she would be swept away. Lazy Leva climbed to the top of the lighthouse and faced the southern wind with open arms. Soon she was swirling away from the end of the world and straight back to Goop World. She ran to find Inkfinga and tell him all about Usaya and how she had saved Morton and how she had made it to the end of the world. But Inkfinga was nowhere to be found. He was deep in ancient Greece, hiding behind a mask from a woman with snakes coming from her head. But that is a tale for another time. So that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, I would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave me a review. That helps me to keep on producing Goop Tales every week. And now it's your turn to ignite your imagination. Just head on over to gooptales.com forward slash episode 2222. And you can see all of the photos that go with this story. And you can see Usiah, the town at the end of the world. And you can also download the first half of this story. And then I invite you to write your own story ending for this Goop Tale and submit it for publication online at gooptales.com. So that's it for this time. And I will see you next time in ancient Greece with Little Inkfinga. Until then, make every day a goop day. <laughs>